Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're really going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how to stack the odds in your favor. Holy schmoly, who doesn't like that idea? And so please join me in welcoming Mark Lachance to our program today. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing phenomenal, Deb. Thank you very much. Thank you for having Perfect. me. Perfect. I love it. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will jump in. So Mark Lachance is a serial entrepreneur, a strategic thinker, and an investor. He is a renowned figure in the business world, one who possesses a deep understanding of blitz scaling companies. Having owned and operated several businesses that have experienced hyper growth through creative business development and lead generation, he is a master of sales and marketing and continues to apply and grow his expertise through current projects. He is the CEO and lead investor of Maxi Media Inc., one of the largest TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, and Google Display Network performance marketing agencies in the world. Currently, MaxiMedia is the number one advertiser in terms of monthly spend on TikTok in Canada and in the top 10 in North America. He is also the author of The Lucky Formula, How to Stack the Odds in Your Favor to Cash In on Your Success. So again, Mark, welcome. <laughs> Wow, that was a uh, an awesome introduction. Thank you very much. It's always fun when we have our bios read, right? We're like, ooh, we like those people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I always like to know a little bit more about my guests. And I, I, you know, was able to peruse your book. And the first part of it, you talk about what you have done. And, and you know, it, it's been quite the journey. And I loved reading about it. But, you know, tell us a little bit more about how it is if you, that you've got to where you are today. Well, I think, I mean, the, the beginning of the book, like you said, it talks a lot about what I did, but it actually starts with my biggest mega colossal failure. Mm -hmm. And that was a, uh, a wonderful real estate deal that I got into in 2006. Mm -hmm. And Deb, I think, uh, we're uh, we're in the age group that we remember 2007 2008 yep. mm -hmm. and the, uh, the 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 real estate crash. So I got into a real estate deal, and as most people that got into real estate deals in 2006, they experienced a mega crash. And mm -hmm. you know, I just happened that I went all in on a deal. Oh. So I had um, in 2001, I actually moved to Canada mm -hmm. and uh, got equity in a company. So it was myself and two others. Mm -hmm. And we started a company called Pivotal Payments, and we mm -hmm. grew that thing, hyper grew that thing, you know, from from basically three people all the way up to 250. Yeah, because um, real estate, holy schmoly, that was the market to be in at that time. That's right. But but I'm saying I started, so kind of the precursor of the, mm -hmm. the beginning of that story is I started a business 2001 to 2006 and sold my shares for several million mm -hmm. and then took the winnings from that. <laughs> from that uh, from that uh, enterprise and rolled it all into real estate in 2007. So it's mm -hmm. not, just, sorry, in 2006, end of 2006. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a good timing to do that. Uh, 
but I will tell you, Deb, that, you know, there are red flags that, uh, that, that go up mm-hmm. every so often. And if you don't pay attention to those right. red flags, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So right. I didn't do it. Yeah. You know, and, and you talk a lot about that in your book where, you know, there were times and, and you're right. We've all had those moments where we've thought, Hmm, maybe it's too good to be true. You know, um, or, you know, something just doesn't quite add up. But usually the person trying to sell us on whatever this is, is good enough that they convince us to ignore that. And I don't think it ever works out right. (laughs) Well, your gut feel, I got to tell you this, your gut pretty much always knows. Mm -hmm. And I was at a, uh, a conference this weekend. It was actually a meditation retreat. And it teaches you a lot to, you know, this particular event teaches you how to use your intuition, use mm-hmm. your gut feel mm-hmm. and use sort of energy and, and, right. you know, to make decisions, which mm-hmm. you you know, the gut always knows. Mm-hmm. And I knew at that time, especially I should have known, or I should have, you know, I should have, uh, you know, looked at the cues when a credit card declines, when your business partner credit card declines, that should be your cue that this guy doesn't have the money. Right. Said yes. mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 I worked for a company one time where we were somewhere and, you know, they paid for a meal and they came back. <laughs> And so they looked at me and I'm like, I'm, a, I'm your employee. Why is it you think I'm going to pay for this? <laughs> you know? And of course I, I had to because they, they couldn't, um, you know, and, and yeah, I left shortly after it was like, no, no, no. <laughs> exactly. So you understand you went through it, but uh, the key is though, you know, looking at those red flags and actually, you know, giving them value and taking, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking action right. on those red mm-hmm. flags, which I didn't do. Anyway, you know, and and it, there's always due diligence that we should be doing, and so sometimes it's like, okay, well, uh, this I'm not comfortable with this, and you just need it explained more, and then you know, some things things work out. But yeah, you know, our our gut is going no for a reason. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so, you got it. But yeah, so you have you've done you know several large business enterprises. And, you know, and, and now you've ended up at, at Maxi Media. Just tell us a little bit more about that. Well, so from, from the real estate colossal failure, um, you learn a lot. You learn a ton about mm-hmm. yourself. You learn how to lead. So mm-hmm. from there, I went to, you know, it, it, look, you learn not only how to lead, but how to, how to you know, take advantage of opportunities mm-hmm. to, you know, not go all in without due mm-hmm. diligence. So you learn a ton of things. But anyway, so from there, I had to get back into into a business that I understood, which was payments. And mm-hmm. then I got uh, I got the opportunity to to get equity in a company, but I unfortunately I didn't have any money. I didn't, you know, that mm-hmm. real estate game almost mm-hmm. took me to bankruptcy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Took me to anxiety, depression. Like that mm-hmm. was the worst, darkest period of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I somehow pulled out of it and somehow was able to get equity in a company mm-hmm. and raise capital to buy that equity, which mm-hmm. was a phenomenal story mm-hmm. in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we had a successful exit there, grew the company from zero to about 215, or sorry, one person, which was myself, mm-hmm. to about 215 uh, awesome employees mm-hmm. and exited in 2016. And then as most entrepreneurs, Deb, that you interview, they can't sit around too long. Right. So it was kind of twiddling my thumb. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was actually, my wife is running a nutrition and fitness center mm-hmm. and I was doing the Facebook media buying on that. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I don't think I was good at it. I mean, my numbers were actually very good, but I didn't think I was that great. So I was like, listen, I have to get somebody to do this for me. Mm-hmm. So after, you know, testing, you know, about six, seven different people who couldn't beat my numbers 
Finally, this gentleman walks through the door who killed my numbers. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, and then, mm-hmm. exactly. Something going on here. Young guy, pretty, pretty intelligent, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there on, struck up a relationship, mm-hmm. struck up trust. And uh, out of that spawned Maxi Media Inc. And so we started that in 2018 and all the way, actually 2017, all the way to today is 2022. So it's about mm-hmm. five years in the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the... All the success that you read in the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. number one spender on TikTok in Canada, top 10 in the US, and got a pretty large team. So now we have mm-hmm. just about 300, uh, 300 awesome rock stars wow. on, our, on our team, and mm-hmm. it's going pretty well. Can't complain. I love it. You know, and social media advertising is confusing, <laughs> to say the least. And so that's where it's it's nice to, to know that you can hire somebody to do it for you. And... You know, it's for the most part, if you want your business to be noticed, to really be noticed, you're going to have to advertise. And, you know, I think that's kind of a bitter pill for many people to swallow because I've had, you know, we do social media for folks. We don't typically do too much advertising because it is such a specialty. But, you know, you have people who come up, they probably tell this to you, too. I'm not going to have a website because I have a Facebook business page. And it's like, oh, no, danger, danger. (laughs) And and they don't realize that very few people actually see what they post for, you know, many reasons, not the least of which are the algorithms, Um, because the platforms want you to advertise. So, you know, you know, it wasn't like that, Deb, back in back in 2015, 2016. I mean, Mm -hmm. I used to post something on my business page Mm -hmm. and literally get hundreds of likes. Mm -hmm. And now it's like trickles in. Right. It, you know, you get crickets. And yeah, you know, sometimes uh, I think even Facebook will say 5%, um, you know, and, and and that's probably generous. You know, that's that's if you've had a, a post that's just knock them out of the park or you're you're a huge brand, um, you know, and, and because it, they also play the little game of, okay, well, if, if you're a big advertiser, they will just show your regular posts more often also. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's interesting, but it is still one of the best places for people to find consumers, clients, customers, whatever we want to call them. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, quickly, do you have just some tips for folks on, you know, really what they should be thinking about? Well, I think you have to be ubiquitous, right? So you have, mm-hmm. to, I believe that you have to be everywhere all the time. And yes, it's tough if you're, let's say you're a one-man show, you mm-hmm. have a, a small organization and you have to wear many hats. Mm-hmm. But look, like you said, marketing is everything and telling mm-hmm. your story is everything and mm-hmm. getting the word out is everything. So mm-hmm. if people don't know about you, nobody's going to come see you. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much noise out there. Right. So you've got to pick the the platform that works well with you. Not everybody mm-hmm. can dance on TikTok. I certainly can't. No, and- I don't even have a TikTok account because I know that I would go, squirrel and i would just be there forever (laughs) (laughs) well i have about three followers on tiktok and but the key is look if you don't understand or you know how to do you don't know how to do something then bring somebody else in Mm -hmm. be it a partner or somebody that you hire Mm -hmm. to to help you with uh you know with that particular platform like Mm -hmm. so for example we have right now i know you know we have uh, about 150 creators Mm -hmm. uh so they're creating videos all day long Mm -hmm. And then we've got also, you know, about 50 media buyers that are buying media on certain platforms. So right. if you don't know how to do something, like I'm not a great media buyer at all, mm-hmm. and I'm not a great creator at all. So I'd prefer to put people mm-hmm. in the place that do it way better than I do. 
Right. You know, and I, and I call that if, if you have a second, I, I talk about in my book, I talk about mm-hmm. the entrepreneur's dilemma. Mm-hmm. So then I guess I have a question for you, Deb. Why do you think that businesses stay small? What would your answer to that be? They think small. Okay. That's excellent answer. Number one. And number two, what else? Um, they don't take chances. Excellent. And also I call it the entrepreneur's dilemma. They think small, mm-hmm. they don't take chances, plus they have to do everything. Right. So for mm-hmm. example, it, it's, it's almost like an ego problem. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm you know, the boss. I should do it all. I'm the boss. I have to know what's going on mm-hmm. in legal accounting, marketing, mm-hmm. sales, customer service, compliance, blah, blah. You go down the list. Well, if mm-hmm. you have to do everything, you can't do anything right. is basically mm-hmm. the point. So the way, the way you scale a business mm-hmm. is you stay in your lane on what you love to do. You can't do that in the beginning. I mean, right. it's unfortunate mm-hmm. you can't do it in the beginning, but as you grow, mm-hmm. you start giving away the mm-hmm. tasks that right. you don't want to do or yeah. you're not There's good at. There's that little word called delegate. There you go. Delegate. Mm-hmm. So that's how you grow a business. So you start delegating the things that forget about that you don't want to do, but the things you're not good at because mm-hmm. you're not good at everything. Right. right? I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a great media buyer. I'm not mm-hmm. a great, like I said, creator. I'm not mm-hmm. a great writer. I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, what am I great? I'm great at casting vision, selling, mm-hmm. you know, uh, motivating. So that's mm-hmm. what I do and I do best and I don't do any of the other stuff. Right. So that's kind of a tip for you, Deb. Right. You know, and it is one of those things where as the business owner, we think we we have to do it all. And you're right. At the start, you know, you, you do because you don't have the money to go pay somebody else. Um, but I, I kind of operate on the 15-minute rule. If it's something that's not directly what I am the one supposed to be doing, if, I, you know, if it's going to take me more than 15 minutes, it, it's outsourced. You know, and idea. and so you know, it's and things like the you know, fifteen love, minute rule. Can I use that? You can, you can. Um, <laughs> you know, and and so things like my websites. You know, I love tinkering on websites. I just I find it fun. You know, I like finding new widgets, and then I break them. Um, you know, and then I'm like, oh, you know, and and but yeah, if it's going to take me and and but I, my business is not website design, so when I spend more than fifteen minutes on my website. That's a waste of my time, um, you know, and, and so, the, you know, the trick is, of course, to start figuring it up. Okay, if I could have been doing X, you know, for that time period, how much did I lose by tinkering on my website? And usually it's enough that you can outsource. I agree with that. That's a great assessment. Great mm-hmm. way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that 15 minute, I have to tell you. Yeah. Deb, yeah. I am going to take that. Do I you owe may. you, uh, you, may. I Feel owe you free. royalties on that? You can, uh, yeah, you know, send send me a, a piece of chocolate every once in a while. Um, but and fifteen minutes really is kind of a good gauge because you know there's there's lots of little tasks that that you know we can just do and get done really quickly. But yeah, if it's more than about fifteen minutes, outsource it. Good, 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 good. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Yay! I like it when when we, when it's this mutual club. Um, so you know. Uh, I mentioned in your bio, and this totally threw me, but I didn't look it up because I wanted you to explain it. Blitz scaling. What the heck is that? <laughs> well, I don't know if you know who Reed Hoffman is, but he is the, uh, the founder of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the book uh, with, I think it's Chris Ye with um, called Blitz Scaling. Mm-hmm. And so I read that. I read that about, I think it was about three years ago. And I'm like, wow, I've, I've done that twice already. Mm-hmm. And that's basically taking... It, it, it was written for Silicon Valley, right? It was mm-hmm. written for, for companies that get 
massive injections of capital right. from private mm-hmm. equity or mm-hmm. you know hedge funds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I kind of put my twist on it where I never got big funding from anybody. I always funded my own companies and started from you know bootstrapping. Mm-hmm. So my definition of blitzscaling is taking every single penny of profit and rolling it back into growth, mm-hmm. rolling it back into growth. So mm-hmm. you know you're bootstrapping, and then you know you're, you're you're only taking out the bare minimum to live. You put it back in, and mm-hmm. you're, you're you know you're hiring and growing quickly. Right. And what what is that? You're going to make mistakes doing it, but you're going to grow very quickly. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're you're forgiving or you're forgoing lifestyle today for lifestyle tomorrow, which is mm-hmm. a much greater future. Mm-hmm. So that's that's blitzscaling. So we took, you know, the most recent we took Maxi Media from two people all the way to over three hundred mm-hmm. in a span of about four years. Wow! Right, because again, we took every penny, every penny of mm-hmm. profit and rolled it back into hiring and mm-hmm. hired and hired and hired. You hire mm-hmm. fast. You're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Fire is going to be burning, but you let them burn and then you fix them later. Mm-hmm. So that's basically blitzscale. That's that's getting a massive North Star target and going for it and just mm-hmm. going for it with almost reckless abandon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's my definition of blitzscale. I love it. So, you know, how can, you know, the, the non-tech people who are getting, you know, the, the millions of dollars in, in venture capital, how do, you know, you, you kind of mentioned how people should use it, but let's let's go into that a little bit more deeply because things like, you know, obviously the first step is you start hiring some of those people, probably, you know, your, your CMOs, your CFOs, your HR folks. Those are probably some of the first people you need to hire. Actually, I went the other way. I, ah. Yeah, I went the other way. I, I brought in, so we brought in media buyers first. Okay. So again, you're, you're going to have to wear many hats in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I was the HR person. I was mm-hmm. the CMO. I was the CFO. I was the mm-hmm. CEO. But you want to bring in your revenue generators first, mm-hmm. right? Because the CFO and a CMO, you can argue that they're revenue generators, but later, not in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Because the CFO, they're just going to count your pennies, right. right? So I can do that myself. And they're going to tell you you can't do that. Exactly. So you don't want you don't want people telling you you can't do something. Mm-hmm. You don't want somebody in HR telling you you can't do something, mm-hmm. or or you know bring on that person because mm-hmm. of this reason or that reason or that. So what I and anyway, the way I went about it is I brought in revenue generation, be it you know. Some companies, it's salespeople. Other companies, it's media buyers. Other companies, it's business development people. Mm-hmm. So you bring in the people that bring in the money first. Mm-hmm. Then as you, when you're at a certain, let's say, size, then you bring in the support staff. And you're going to know when okay. that is, when things are falling through the cracks, left, mm-hmm. right, and center. That's when you need support. That's when you're like, oh, okay, no, no. Miss that HR exactly. <laughs> minefield. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, I mean, you know, we just brought in a... Just about a year and a half ago, we just brought mm-hmm. in a let's call it CFO light. I was mm-hmm. the CFO all, all the way up until then, and then you know things were just falling through the cracks. Mm-hmm. You you know when it's time, right? <clears throat> but the key is to focus on building revenue. That's mm-hmm. the key. So, do you hire as employees, or do you hire them as consultants and part timers? We hired both. So, okay. I mean, I like to use I call it undervalued assets. So we, we, the company grew up in Montreal and, and, you know, we found, and everybody feel free to steal my idea. So we found, I'll call it the, the employee hack. So in Montreal, you have uh, Montreal, Canada, you've got many schools that are, that teach, uh, sorry, that are English universities like McGill Mm -hmm. University or Concordia. Mm -hmm. But a funny thing is that it's a French province. And right. the mm-hmm. students, the signage, that are everything is in French. It, exactly. So the students graduating can't get a job. 
because they're Anglophones, but they can't get a job. So if you give them an opportunity to, to work in an English environment, you're going to have some high quality talent uh, for, for a reasonable price. And then as, you know, as they start educating themselves and getting better and better, then you, then you bring them up into the ranks. But you want to hire the smartest people uh, possible for the best price possible. Right. So we've got teams all over the world. So mm-hmm. started in Montreal and we've got a big team in the Philippines, mm-hmm. um, a few people from Pakistan, mm-hmm. India, uh, all over South America, lots. Mm-hmm. So and we have a big team in Mexico. Actually, it was on a, this is funny. Uh, we were on our, our weekly leadership call mm-hmm. and one of our leaders is in Mexico, in Tulum. Mm-hmm. And she actually had a group over at her place from Mexico. And I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know we had that many people mm-hmm. in Mexico on the team. So. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And and, I mean, you built this business up during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that many, if not most of your employees are virtual and and work from home type of folks. Well, we were all actually. So in March of 2020, Mm -hmm. March 14th of 2020. I know, right? When you were told go home. (laughs) That was March 14th. We were 100% in the office. Mm -hmm. Right. So we had at that time. This is what, about two years ago now, Mm -hmm. a little over two. We had uh, how many people? I want to say 35, all in the office. Mm -hmm. We had about 6,000 square foot. Mm -hmm. And then as the pandemic broke, uh, we we found that our revenues were going like this. Pandemic, they were going like this. And we Mm -hmm. found out we didn't have the right management team to to manage a Mm -hmm. uh, a totally remote staff. Mm -hmm. So we had to make some changes. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, we're all remote now. I mean, it just Mm -hmm. morphed into what what was – I loved going to the office and having people, you know, the uh, the sort mm-hmm. of people touch. Right. And then we found out that, you know, we could run this thing remotely. Mm-hmm. And I could live in Florida and have a company that's based in Montreal, mm-hmm. but around the world. So mm-hmm. right. it's remote. Well, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've obviously seen that so many workers have said they prefer working from home. Um, you know, no, no commute. And I tell people, ah, I don't have to put shoes on, um, you know, and, and, but we also miss that in-person type of, mm-hmm. of things, you know, the, the, where you just pop into somebody's office, you're at the coffee machine, you know, all of that stuff. So how do you deal with, you know, missing the, the, it is socialization, but there's also a lot of business that gets done during that time. Well, I tell you what I miss, I have to tell you is the whiteboard sessions mm. <clears throat> because the whiteboard, I have a whiteboard there, but I hardly mm-hmm. use it. But in my office, mm-hmm. I would have on a recurring basis, I would have my chief operating officer in, mm-hmm. I would have our head of media buying head of, you know, mm-hmm. and we'd whiteboard out the plans right. and, and I just don't have that. I have, instead mm-hmm. I'm on my desk, I'm looking at my desk right here. I have pieces mm-hmm. of paper that take the place of the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and and they can't see it. That's the hard part. That's right. Exactly. That That is the difficult part. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, you have to send out more memos. You have to have more conference calls instead mm-hmm. of, uh, meaning Zoom calls like this, instead mm-hmm. of, you know, the face-to-face. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it can be done. It's different. It's more difficult. And then you have to schedule face-to-face time to actually meet your leaders every now and then. Right. It is difficult though, but it, it can be overcome and it can be, you know, a positive thing. You can have people all over the world that are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. I think that is one <laughs> of the things that, that people really did discover was, you know, they can have employees, consultants, whatever they are, around the world, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and we, we had done virtual for years. I mean, I have never met the producer of my podcast in person. You know, she's up in, in Jersey. I'm down in Atlanta. 
we've never met in person. We've worked together for, oh gosh, over four years. Um, you know, and, and so we've, we've done the virtual thing, but it is difficult when, you know, when, especially when people were used to being together and then weren't. Um, I think that was probably one of the hardest things that people really had to, to adapt to. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I had to adapt to that. And especially in the, I think in the US, we were talking about this before, but you were allowed to go back to your office. Mm-hmm. Like we were not allowed to go right. in our office. Mm-hmm. We were, we were lo- essentially locked out. I mean, I snuck in because mm-hmm. I had to go to the office, but, mm-hmm. you know, but nobody else was there. I was the only one there. And I'm like, this, this is not fun. Yeah. So, so we, we really had to adapt there. We had mm-hmm. to adapt. There was no choice. I mean, it's mm-hmm. either, you know, adapt or die, which right. is mm-hmm. basically this, you know, any mm-hmm. businesses like that all the time, adapt mm-hmm. or die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and and it seems like hybrid doesn't work as well as people thought it would. Um, you know, I was talking to to someone who fairly early on was hybrid, and she was in the office Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then home Tuesday, Thursday. Which to me that just seemed very confusing. Um, but she said, you know, no matter where she was. That file she needed was in the other location. <laughs> and, and she said, you know, you, you do as much as you can in the cloud, but you know, it's like your piece of paper on your desk. You know, we still are writing notes. We're still doodling. We're doing all of those things. You know, that's funny. No matter where you are, the file's in the other office. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and she said it was just, you know, and, and so she, I think she actually switched and told him, I can't do this every other, you know, I'll do three and two, but let's bunch them together. Um, you know, and, and she said, because then you know, that was- I have a question on that. So I, I was a question or maybe a comment. I was, I was speaking mm-hmm. to one of our bankers and he was saying that, um, you know, they're downtown Montreal. And he was saying mm-hmm. that, you know, more than, you know, three quarters of the staff works out of the house, but they mm-hmm. still have the huge office space. Like mm-hmm. what's going to happen to corporate office oh, space yeah. at some point? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a, a complete adjustment mm-hmm. I, I, at some point. So right. let's yeah. see. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it is definitely one of those markets that is like we don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, so not only for the 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 businesses that leased who went, ooh, <laughs> we don't need six thousand square feet anymore. Maybe we need you know a thousand for when people come in and and things like that. Um, but then of course you've got the the businesses that own. You know, what do they do when all of a sudden they're paying for you know it, all of this space that you know, could be a hockey arena <laughs> you know, because there's nobody in there. How did you know I was a uh, hockey fan? I read your book. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I, you know, you've got two brothers that, that play. See, you know, plus I am from Colorado. Uh, and so I do have to the say, Stanley go Cup, abs. By the way. You just won the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Look at that. I know you and, and, um, but, and it's, it's, you know, I've been a hockey fan for, for many years, um, you know, and, and just absolutely love it. And it's, so it's can really, I show you something? Can I yes, show you something? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hang on one second. I'm gonna okay. So for those of you who are listening, he's gone to go get something. I have absolutely no idea what it is. So the oh Stanley my gosh. Cup. He's got the Stanley <laughs> cup. How'd you get the Stanley cup? <laughs> you know what that is, don't you? That is the cup, of course. There, there you go. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's not the real one, though, Deb. It's yeah. the uh, it's the replica of the one I'm going to be holding in four to five years as owner of the Florida Panthers. That's what that ah. is. Oh yeah, you know, you know, they they're not Avs fans at the moment. <laughs> you know? um, but you know, it's it, it was interesting reading your book because I think, and it's it's funny. I've interviewed several people recently that 
are, you know, athletes or former athletes. And they do have a different thought process. And I, and I know a big part of it is because, you know, especially if you started playing young, that the whole team mentality is what you, you were brought up in. You know, even if you were the, the team captain, you know, you've now transitioned into business owner, all of those things. And I think it is, it's just a different mentality as to, you know, you, you really do think about, okay, how are we going to be strategic about having everybody involved? No, I agree with that because you, look, let me kind of answer that in a different way or comment on that in a different way. I love hiring athletes as employees because they, they have that, again, like you said, the team, team background, they have that, that winning attitude. They have that, you know, desire to score the next goal mm-hmm. or win the next game right. or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I don't know if that kind of answers your question mm-hmm. or, or answers your comment, but that's kind of what I look for. And I love, you know, the leaders being athletes, mm-hmm. like our, our chief operating officer, he's a, he's an ex almost professional water polo player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you show up differently, right? So if you, if right. all those years you've, you've gone to the gym or the dojo mm-hmm. or the ice rink or the field, mm-hmm. And you want, you wanted to win there. You don't have that opportunity mm-hmm. to win there. Now you want to win, you know, right. in the business world. So right. I, I hope that answers your question. It, it does, you know, and, and because I do think, and, and I do think that it is different with team versus individual sports because an individual sport, I mean, granted, they still had to have their team. They had their coaches, they had their support people, all of those things. But, um, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, if you were on a true team, you knew you had to rely on other people. You knew you had to lead them, you know, all sorts of things, um, you know, and, and so I think that's, it is very interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I see that, that dichotomy in, so my kids do judo mm-hmm. and I know mm-hmm. a lot of, and, and I actually am a blue belt in jujitsu mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that, that the, let's say the senseis or the, the dojo owners think a lot differently than, you know, somebody that was in, you know, on a team sport. Right. So, for example, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give Nick a plug right here. Nick Tritton, who was a two-time Olympian in mm-hmm. in uh, for the Canadian judo team, he's mm-hmm. a good friend of mine. But Nick thinks a lot differently than somebody that was, mm-hmm. you know, played on a hockey team. Right. A lot different, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's you know, look, if you're a leader of different types of people mm-hmm. like that, you just know have to know how to manage different mm-hmm. types of personalities. Right. And uh, but I do say that individual athletes they they've got a, a you know a certain drive that's a little bit different mm-hmm. than a team team right. player. Right. So, and they've no, and, got, they've and, got their, their, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, yeah. Individual. I mean, you know, they, they're, I mean, they, they're kind of an entrepreneur themselves, That's a good um, you know, and, and, but it, it, it's interesting. So I still do a lot of stuff with university of Colorado, which is um, where I, I'm, you know, where I went to school and I was contacted last week by someone from the athletic department. And they said, hey, you know, we've got one of our athletes. He's graduated. He's from Atlanta. He's he's moved back. Would you talk to him? Sure. You know, and and so, you know, I told him, I said, you know, here's here's my, you know, he can text me. He can call me. He can email me. He contacted me through LinkedIn. And immediately I was impressed by that because that meant he was already thinking from a business perspective, um, you know, and and. And it was just, you know, his, his profile needs work, obviously. I mean, you know, he's 23, 24 years old. And, you know, a lot of focus in there on D1 athlete, D1 athlete. But, you know, the, the thing that, that, and I'm, you know, I haven't met him or talked with him in person yet. We're still trying to get that set up. But, you know, there's so many things that an athlete 
does that do transition to business, you know, leadership, all sorts of things. But it is tough for an athlete to all of a sudden, especially if you were an elite athlete and now you're just one of the dudes in the office, <laughs> you know, that gets a little bit difficult. Well, I tell you what, I've, I've observed that you read the book. Obviously, I was mm-hmm. a sports agent, so I represented right. professional hockey players. And mm-hmm. it's funny, then the second they retire, Mm-hmm. The second they retire, mm-hmm. they almost become irrelevant. It's crazy. Right. It's like yeah. unless uh, they are a major name, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because when you're, let's say, when you're the current, when you're an athlete, or when mm-hmm. you're when you're on the team. So I'll give you my brother for example. He's, he's on the New York Islanders, and mm-hmm. go to dinner. You're signing autographs. Mm-hmm. The minute you retire, mm-hmm. you get sort of pushed to, right. to the people back. are like, it's, nope, you don't you don't matter anymore. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I I've never. I mean, and that's why a lot of athletes go through. You know, they go through depression after mm-hmm. they retire. Right. Both of my brothers had, you know, semi-depression and, you know, they work their way out of it. But mm-hmm. most athletes go through that mm-hmm. sort of, right. you know, you're, you're, you're not with the team any longer. You're mm-hmm. not, you know, the center of attention. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know. You're not having things given to you. That, but you're mm-hmm. also not competing for the win. Mm-hmm. So now you have to re, really re, uh, you know, re, redevelop your right. life, really. Right. You know, and, and yeah, it's just, I, I don't know how we got on this, but oh, we were talking about office space and then we devolved, we devolved, evolved into to talking about hockey. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a challenge anytime you're trying to find people who work for you. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to others who have said they will hire an athlete immediately because they know that they've got that, that mentality to, to, you know, to, to say, okay, you know, we need you at 6 a.m. Well, they're used to doing workouts at 6 a.m., um, you know, as opposed to a, you know, a regular <coughs> college student that goes, noon, noon, I'll start working at noon. <laughs> well, I, I, I've had some athletes that haven't worked out either. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it's, 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 yeah, like with, with anything, you've got great players, you know, great players that become great employees and you know some that don't and then you know you've got other people that you know that they come out of college or you know have been with another business and you're like mm, you know yes or no and you know and, and that's that is of course the challenge to the small business owner when they are transitioning into that point where they have to hire people that's right. you know to even figure out what qualifications and all of those things are we looking for in somebody well i'll tell you what the first qualification qualification is work ethic. That's number mm-hmm. one. Right. Work ethic, trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know their their ability to go the extra mile mm-hmm. if they're gonna you know they're gonna show up exactly at nine oh nine o'clock and leave at five mm-hmm. o'clock on the button. But mm-hmm. you know the job's not done yet. So that's it's funny that uh, I'm gonna give another another gentleman a plug. Howard Getson. He's a mm-hmm. uh, he's in my strategic coach group, and this mm-hmm. guy's a genius, absolute mm-hmm. genius. But he says all of his hires. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes a full day, mm-hmm. like he, he vets them mm-hmm. over a full day mm-hmm. interview face to face. Wow. So, I mean, you can't do that with every employee. You can't yeah. do that with, you know, somebody in customer service, but right. you can't do that with a senior executive. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with, you know, your next head of business development. Mm-hmm. And actually I was like, you know, I, I thought he was a bit crazy at first, but now mm-hmm. I see the wisdom because I've made many, many mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, in, in senior management mm-hmm. that I probably would not have made. Had they spent a full day mm-hmm. or right. spent, yeah. you know, somebody interviews well, they look good on paper. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, but did you do the background check? Did you mm-hmm. call the references? Did you, you know, call 15 other people that they may know mm-hmm. and you can find on LinkedIn? And mm-hmm. if you didn't do that, then, you know, 
you might have, you might make a mistake, right? So I've, I've made those mistakes and uh, I'm going to take Howard's advice here and spend the full, you know, the full day or the full 12 hours of uh, interview process. Right. You know, and, and obviously that's more difficult in this virtual world, but you know, it can still be worked out. We're back to being able to travel, um, that's right. you know, and, and so you bring them in, you know, and you just, you know, it's, it's kind of like take your kid to work day. You know, well, you know it, actually that's pretty interesting because I remember I, uh, I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast and he, I forget who he interviewed. I mean, this is kind of a different story, but mm-hmm. this gentleman, every single acquisition he would make, uh, he would actually, or, or investment he would make, sorry, mm-hmm. in, in companies, he would bring those people to his sort of vacation home and spend mm-hmm. the weekend. Mm-hmm. I know it maybe doesn't translate on hiring, again, somebody customer service, mm-hmm. but get them out of the office, get them, maybe you go right. for a hike or go for a walk mm-hmm. or go skiing or go mm-hmm. golfing or something mm-hmm. like that. And you're going to see a different side mm-hmm. of people right. that you would normally yeah. sitting in a 15, mm-hmm. 20 minute interview. Right. So I, th- I think the, the message is the more time you take on hiring, mm-hmm. the better, uh, you know, the better staff you're going to have and the more, the less turnover, you know, right. turnover costs money, mm-hmm. as you know. Right? Yeah. You know, and it might take you a little bit longer, but again, it's better than hiring the wrong person and having to start over. That's right. No, you're exactly right. And mm-hmm. and when you're blitz scaling, it's it's tough to do what we're mm-hmm. suggesting here because blitz scaling is basically throwing enough doo-doo against the wall and seeing what sticks mm-hmm. really is what it right. is to be, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So so but once you're at a certain scale and you want to grow incrementally, I think you can do that. Mm-hmm. I know I know you can do that because right. that's what I'm doing right now and it mm-hmm. works. So right. You know, and, and it might not be that you're spending the day with them, but their manager spends the day with exactly. them. You know, and, and things like that. Because that is part of it too, is how are they going to blend in with the team? Exactly. Um, you know, and and so it's uh, hiring right now is just an interesting prospect. I mean, you know, when when you're talking about so many people who in the last you know two and a half years have decided they're going to work differently, um, you know, and and you know, it's just it's it's a challenge, and 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 of course the challenge is once you've got those good people, how the heck do you keep them? And you and really you don't want them going to the competition. Well, you keep them by number one, paying a market value, and number mm-hmm. two, you know, giving them an awesome place to work because mm-hmm. change is, is scary, right? People don't want to change if they don't right. have to. Mm-hmm. And what's an awesome place to work? So, for example, we do every week we do a leadership development call. Mm-hmm. Uh, every week we have a star of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, every week we have, you know, the teams have their their motivation calls. Mm-hmm. So you want to give them an environment where they're motivated. Mm-hmm where they feel like coming in, where they're being mm-hmm. recognized because recognition is everything. I mean, recognition, right. by the mm-hmm. way, is more than, than money and sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to do all those things. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's easy to do it. It actually really e- is easy to pick a star of the week mm-hmm. right? and right. give them a gift card to Amazon mm-hmm. or Starbucks or mm-hmm. wherever, even no matter where they are in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So we give an Amazon gift card to, to, you know, our employees in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Imagine they get a hundred dollar gift card. That's, that's pretty, that's huge. a lot. <laughs> exactly. That's what mm-hmm. we give away every week. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I mean, you just need to find ways to make it cool, fun, mm-hmm. interesting, exciting, mm-hmm. and, you know, make them want mm-hmm. to stay. Right. You know, and in the book, you talk about how to, to use positivity to create great teams. Tell us a little bit more about that. It's, and this is really what we're talking about is, you know, you have a positive, great place to work as opposed to, oh, God, I have to go to work today. Well, let, let's start with, I was listening to a book. Uh, what is it called? The Miracle of Water, I believe. Anyway, so 
this gentleman, I think it's a gentleman in Japan, doctor mm-hmm. in Japan, would speak to water, freeze it, and see how the crystals would align, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you've probably heard the rice experiment. Mm-hmm. Right. So you and you did talk about it in the book. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you put two jars of rice, mm-hmm. speak positively to one and speak mm-hmm. negatively to the other. And the, the, one, the negative one actually deteriorates mm-hmm. very quickly. Whereas the, white, uh, the rice uh, that you speak positively to mm-hmm. stays fluffy and white. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Hey, here's another stat for you that I didn't put in the book. Mm-hmm. But so take three jars of rice, one, one that you speak positively to, one mm-hmm. that you speak negatively to, and mm-hmm. one that you actually don't even speak to. So you just that ignore one, it. Mm-hmm. That one deteriorates quicker than all of them. Hmm. because it's rec- it's some sort of recognition. Hmm. Even if you're speaking negatively to somebody, mm-hmm. at least it's a recognition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So right. Mm-hmm. the point is, but positive interaction and positive recognition mm-hmm. and positive, let's call it language, mm-hmm. um, creates synergy, creates mm-hmm. white fluffy rice, creates great organizations, mm-hmm. creates people that want to work there. So mm-hmm. it starts with the leader's language, right? right? How are you speaking to mm-hmm. people? Are you speaking to them in an empowering way or are you mm-hmm. cutting them down all the time? Are you mm-hmm. making fun of them? Are you whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And you've got to teach that up and down the organization. Mm-hmm. And if you've got, you know, any, any like I, I recently had to let go a senior manager that frankly was not telling, let's say the, the philosophy that we have, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say company line because I don't like that, but the philosophy, which is, you know, speak to people with with respect, speak to mm-hmm. people positively, speak to people that, you know, and, and give them, be empowering to them. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then you're just not welcome in the organization. That's it. So make right. them fluffy mm-hmm. white rice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I think so many people forget that, you know, you, you praise publicly and you criticize privately. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and because nobody likes to be taken down a peg or two in front of other people. Um, you know, was, I was doing something the other day and, and uh, you know, and, and this, this person, you know, I had asked this person to do something for me and then I forgot. And so then I had to ask them again and they didn't like being asked again. Um, and so in front of people, you know, this person informed me just how irresponsible I was. And it was like, okay. And, you know, I, I, I just stood there and took it, you know, it was like, whatever. I mean, I certainly wasn't going to, but I thought I'll never deal with you again. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, um, but yeah, it was like, really? And, and more than anything, it was like, was that necessary? No. Um, You know, now sometimes you criticize if you think the team can benefit but you have to still do it in that positive way. I mean, you know, it's not, hey, Mark, you schmuck, you screwed this up. Everybody learn from that so you don't do it too. No, that's not what you do. Well, it's funny because that's that used to be the way, actually, mm-hmm. I, led, I led that the same way. You know, you, you know, and that used to be kind of the philosophy. Mm-hmm. You, you almost lead by fear, right? right. Or you lead mm-hmm. by negativity, which mm-hmm. should create a positive result. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I, look, it's not, Gen Z won't take that these days. No. And not only that, but I just, you know, I've evolved and gotten into meditation. So I don't think it's the meditative way, Deb. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, and, and it really does come back to the, how would you want to be treated? You know, do, do you want somebody exactly. to publicly berate you or, you know, or not, you know, and, and I mean, I had one of those bosses that, oh, he was, he was a tyrant. And, you know, and it was one of my first jobs and, you know, 
part of it was I didn't know any better, but, but I also knew that I didn't have to put up with that. And he was real big on calling people names and he would call women the B word. And, really? you know, and, and How I, long ago now, was this? this is, this is oh, it's, it, like 40 years ago. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this was before me too. And, you know, all of those things, but you know, he still shouldn't have done that. And, you know, and, and I remember one time he, he wow. called me that word uh-huh. and I looked at him and I said, you know, that's your one time you do it again. And I own your company. And nice. he never, you know, he never called me, you know, and, and you could see that there were times where he was, you know, he, and he, but he paused. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, dude, you know, no, that's just, uh, uh-uh. um, you know, but we've, we've all either, you know, we, if we've not been there, we've seen examples of that. Right. And it's yeah. like, no, yeah. you know, you treat people with respect. Um, you know, and, and you talk about that in the book and, and more importantly, you know, one of the things you really talk about and and I love this part, um, was treating yourself with respect, you know, and, and, you know, from a health perspective, from a mental health perspective, I mean, you, you mentioned meditation, you know, there are so many things that, that we should be doing for ourselves that we don't. And so talk to us a little bit more about that, because that was, I really love that section in the book. Well, I'm going to say, first off the, let's say general population, I'll give a number, 95% of the population is glued to their television, their, you know, their iPhone, Uh their Mm -hmm. social media, and it's filled with, can you call it misinformation, fear, blah, blah, blah. Look, I'm in the media business. Exactly. Negative. I'm in the media business. I understand that, Mm -hmm. you know, my job is to get a click. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Their job is to sell a newspaper sell a magazine, right. sell a to subscription. get your attention. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Get attention. Mm-hmm. So what's the best way to get attention? Fear. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. so, I'm an old PR person. If it bleeds, it leads. You understand. Mm-hmm. So now you understand. And that leads me to believe that probably 99.999% of the media is, I hate using the word fake news, but it's pretty much fake news. And it's designed to get a click or get a sale or get mm-hmm. a so maybe it's just a misleading headline that then gives the exactly. right information or whatever. Exactly. But, it's, mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, it, it emits or it mm-hmm. results in an emotion that they want. So first of all, so the first thing is get definitely cut the news, cut mm-hmm. the, like, mm-hmm. don't even listen to mainstream right. media whatsoever, mm-hmm. because that, that's going to cloud your vision. Mm-hmm. That's going to get you in a, probably in a negative state, definitely in a negative mm-hmm. state. That's number one. So I talk a lot about in the book, I talk a lot about mental health. So mm-hmm. I talk a lot about meditation. Mm-hmm. So for example, the first, the, like I went all in crazy to a, an event called Vipassana, which is a 10 day meditation retreat. Mm-hmm. And that was transformational mm-hmm. because if you remember, you were, we were talking about, you know, bosses that lead with negativity and Mm -hmm. lead with sort of fear. I I was that. And then this event, 10 days of, you know, silence Mm -hmm. and whatever we did in the, in the meditation Mm -hmm. really taught me that that's not the way to lead, Mm -hmm. you know, not leading with negativity is not the way leading Mm -hmm. with, you know, positivity and vision and mission. Mm -hmm. And that's the way to lead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mental health and the, and in, in meditation will put you as the leader in the right Mm -hmm. space. Right. And then you get into supplementation and, um, and nutrition. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a quick story around that. So, you know, when I first moved to Montreal in 2001, uh, myself and, and, the, and the main founder and the CEO, we'd go to lunch every single day. Mm-hmm. And every single day we'd have a huge lunch and a dessert. Bar oh, yeah. And, and maybe an adult beverage or two. 
Yeah, we didn't do that, but we but definitely yeah, he had, had a lot big, of calories at that lunch. Exactly. So what do you think happened when I got back to my desk? Crash time. Yeah, because your the sugar in your body went. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you know my energy levels going. You know, waking up in the morning, mm-hmm. let's call it eight on ten. Mm-hmm. Then right after lunch, it crashed down to two on ten. Mm-hmm. So learning to have your energy at a ten on ten all day long mm-hmm. because you're doing the right thing with nutrition, doing the right thing with supplementation, doing the right thing with your brain. Right. So if you're 10 on 10 all day long, you're definitely a heck of a lot uh, more apt to, to get lucky mm-hmm. or to get successful mm-hmm. than if you're two on 10 on energy. And that goes for, let's say, alcohol or mm-hmm. drugs or whatever. So right. for example, if I, if I watch I like football. I like sports. But if mm-hmm. I go to the bar on Sundays mm-hmm. and get hammered on a Sunday night, what do you think my energy level is going to be on Monday morning? Not very good. Exactly. What do you think my my headspace and my brain, that hangover, mm-hmm. right? Or that, that yeah. headache, you're not going to be like, right. if you want to be a leader, you're not, you can watch the game. I don't care about mm-hmm. that. But if you're drinking on a Sunday, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're not going to have a successful business. Right. That's just my mm-hmm. kind of take on it. Yeah. So, well, and, and of course, there's a difference between a beer. And a six pack. <laughs> right. I'm not saying you can't look, I have a, I have a couple of drinks a week, whatever. I'm not saying don't drink, but I am saying if you wake up with a hangover more than three, two, three, four times a week, right. then mm-hmm. chances are mm-hmm. you're not going to be successful at the top of your right. game. Right. So. And, and also with what you're eating, um, you know, it's, it's, that's one thing about the pandemic. I mean, I used to eat out a lot. Um, because I'd be out and about, um, you know, now I'm, I don't network out in person anymore. Um, and so, but yeah, so I'm not out and about, so I'm not stopping at those awful, nasty, which I love fast food places. Um, you know, and, and so I go home, I have, you know, still might not be a hundred percent healthy, you know, because vegetables. Um, but you know, it's better than, you know, before the pandemic where I would have fast food maybe three times a week, at least, if not more. Um, you know, I can count on one hand, the number of times in the last two and a half years I've been to Starbucks and I used to go a couple of times a week. Um, you know, and, and I had one of the, the high caffeine, high sugar, high, all sorts of things, drinks, <laughs> not doing that. I mean, you know, it's just all of those things that, you know, we love that aren't good for us. You know, well, did you also find that your bank account uh, probably grew a little bit? Oh as yeah. Well? Oh my. And my accountant was thrilled. She's like, what the heck? You're not spending <laughs> any money. I said, no, you know, because I'm not, you know, they're gone where the, the, um, you know, the, the, uh, what you paid to attend, you know, whatever the, the business networking thing was, you know, all of those things. Now, what I lost out on was the mileage um, because, you know, I used to drive sometimes 3,000 miles a year and oh. that dropped to like 150. <laughs> you know? So I was like, oh, bummer. Um, but, but yeah, it was, um, it was, it was very interesting um, to, to not be doing that. And, and I think when we are preparing our own food, it is at least a little bit healthier, um, you know, and, and then. Well, if you um, focus on it and you learn about nutrition, it could be a lot, a oh, lot bit healthier. Yep. Oh, yeah, I know. And like I said. <laughs> and there's vegetables. a book, Deb, there's a book that lays out, you know, proper. Uh... Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and, and it really is, it's it's not all that complicated. And I think that's the, the you know, the message that we want to say is, you know, to be healthy, both physically and mentally, it's not that difficult. You know, everybody now, you know, for many people now, we've got at least an extra hour in our day 
because we're not commuting to wherever. What did you do? You know, what have, what have you done with that hour? You know, are you working out? Are you sleeping in? Which might not be a bad thing. I mean, you know, if you were getting up at the crack of dawn, now you're not doing that. Um, but yeah, you know, what are you doing with that hour? Are you listening to <clears throat> podcasts? Um, you know, and, and all of those things. Are it's, you listening to the power hour is the question. I know. i got to be listening to the business power hour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it just kind of is, you know, we, if you want to do it, you'll do it. I mean, that's that's the thing. Absolutely. I agree. And that's what my book's all about, Deb. So thank you for uh, plugging that. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that um, because it is called The Lucky Formula. Mm-hmm. So at luck, really? I thought that this was supposed to be hard work. Well, you see my last name, La Chance or La Chance. Uh-huh, La Chance. Mm-hmm. That means luck in French, by mm-hmm. the way. So I've been lucky my whole life. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you were born <clears throat> lucky. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you can interchange in, you know, uh, luck equals success, actually. It's interchangeable. Mm-hmm. But the, the lucky formula itself mm-hmm. is uh, basically internal mastery plus external mastery. Mm-hmm. Plus action equals luck. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, master. So I plus E plus A mm-hmm. uh, equals luck. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Inter- internal mastery, you know, like we said, your thoughts, mm-hmm. your your narrative, how you mm-hmm. speak to people. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you so speak to examples. yourself? How do you speak to yourself? Do you mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and say, oh, this is going to be a terrible day and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're a horrible person? Right. Or do you look in the mirror and say, this is going to be an awesome day and mm-hmm. I'm going to crush this day and I'm amazing? So that's, you know, that's kind of the internal side. Mm-hmm. There's 10 internal fa- facets, mm-hmm. the external stuff we touched on, some of them mm-hmm. being nutrition, uh, being supplementation, mm-hmm. being, we didn't talk about working out, but are you, you know, are you getting out there at least walking? Right. Are you walking your, you know, five to 10,000 mm-hmm. steps a day? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, are you up in the morning, are you meditating, you do things like mm-hmm. that, that are, so are you, you know, maximizing your mm-hmm. internal, um, you know, masterizing yourself internally, mastering, master, mastering yourself externally, and then mm-hmm. taking action. And what does mm-hmm. action mean? That means, right. you know, if you see my bookshelf here, are you, you know, feeding yourself with mm-hmm. media or are you mm-hmm. feeding yourself with, you know, books like, for example, Net Worth or Tell to Win or mm-hmm. Can't Hurt Me or whatever. I can right. go down the list. Mm-hmm. So that that's what the lucky formula is all about. Mm-hmm. It's all about stacking those things in your favor and mm-hmm. then it creates success and it creates mm-hmm. luck. Right. I think it's a great formula for anybody that wants to be successful in business. Right. Yeah, and I mean, we, we it really is saying that we create our own luck, mm-hmm. um, you know, and 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 you know, it's but it's not you know that we're thinking, okay, I'm going to go play the lottery in order <laughs> to you know, and I mean, I always find that interesting when people are you know when say you know lottery gets really high, people are like, oh my god, I'm going to go because this is going to make my life. No, <laughs> you know, and then of course, what happens is you see so many people who get that money and then lose it. You know, bad I mean, investments. What's the percentage? Ninety percent of them. I know or maybe it's some more than huge that, amount. It um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and of course, part of it is all of a sudden they've got family they never knew about, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and all sorts of things. But yeah, they 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 get lucky and they don't know what to do with it um, because yeah. they don't have that that strong foundation and that framework. Before they, you know, which, yeah, it, you know, it'd be great to win the million dollars or, you know, the 400 million or whatever it is. But yeah, you know, if you don't have that foundation before then, it's not going to make any difference. Oh, you're right. You're 100% right. So anyway, so luck is all about putting in the effort. That's what it is. Right. Right. 
Well, oh my gosh, Mark, we've only got a couple minutes left. And and so, you know, tell people a little bit more about you. You know, what are the services and things that you that you provide? And and more importantly, how do people connect with you? Okay, so I can tell you that I want to give all your listeners a free gift. Hmm. And the gift is the lucky quiz. Okay. And you can, Deb and I uh, expect you to take this quiz as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> or the lucky assessment call. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, a series of questions that basically helps you, helps us generate a lucky score for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on a scale of zero to a hundred mm-hmm. and it gives you tips and tricks on how to get luckier or get more successful in life. Mm-hmm. And you can find that at theluckyformula.com slash quiz. Okay. Again, theluckyformula.com slash quiz. And it's pretty cool to find out how, how lucky you actually are. Mm-hmm. And so that's one area. And you can, you know, you can obviously find out a lot about the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to my website, marklachance.com. So you see my name on the screen right there, M-A-R-K-L-A-C-H-A-N-C-E.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at, at Mr. Lucky Official on Instagram. And, uh, you know, we're in, like I said, we're in the digital marketing space mm-hmm. where we're, I actually didn't say what verticals we're in. So we're fo- heavily focused on uh, lending, mm-hmm. on insurance, on education, okay. on, uh, you know, we're getting into auto warranty and things like that. So we're driving mm-hmm. traffic to, to very large verticals. Mm-hmm. And if you're in any of those spaces, we'd love to hear from you. Right. And it's, let's see, I have to look here, maxi.media. That's correct. The website um, is maxi.media. So M A X Y dot media. Right. And no dot com. No, no, no. No dot com. Dot Just media. dot media. That's right. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's confusing when they've added all of these things, but it works perfect, you know, in, in many cases. So, so yeah, maxi.media. Um, and I love looking at the picture of your team. Um, you know, you've got, you know, a, a great group of, of folks. Oh, that's such an old picture. That's about three or four years old. If we, if we took a picture now, it'd be 300 mm-hmm. people. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Because there's only, you know, maybe 10, 15 people. That's in that right. Picture. That just shows you how we blitz scaled mm-hmm. over the years, Deb. There you go. I love it. I love it so much. Well, this has been so much fun and we need to do it again because this is such great information. Um, you know, it'd be fun to actually, you know, find out from people, you know, what they're, when they take the lucky quiz, what did they find out? Um, but, but yeah. So until then though, do you have any final thoughts for everybody? Well, look, final thoughts are, you know, if, if you're looking at the financial markets, if you're looking at inflation, if you're looking at, you know, what's happening around us, I think the, what's, it's probably not positive what's about to happen to the economy, but I will give you a positive. If you're, you know, if you're taking what I've written about in my book or, you know, what we discussed in this call and you're putting it in action, opportunities will always come about. So for the hustler or for the person that, you know, wants to succeed, you're, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to succeed. So you said something, you're like, over the last two and a half years, it was difficult to hire people or it was, you know, you would get, you know, different mindsets. Well, I think that's about to change. So if your mindset's in the right way and you want to crush it, I really think you can and more so in the next couple of years. So study away and work hard. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, like we said, make your own luck. Um, It's it's not going to come to you. You need to do it yourself. Exactly. So, yeah, so I'm Deb Creer. I've been having such fun talking with Mark Lachance. He is the leader and lead investor for Maxi Media. More importantly, he is the author of The Lucky Formula, How to Stack the Odds in Your Favor to Cash In on Your Success. 
I can't wait to do it again. But until then, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.